All right, everybody, let's welcome to the pod um, one of my favorite teammates of all time, soon-to-be Basketball Hall of Famer, Stephen John Nash. Welcome, brother. <laughs> Thanks for the formality there, the middle name, full first name, rare. I like it. Um, anyway, bro, it's been a while. We've texted a little bit, but, um, you know, congrats on all the success, the the, the family, um, the the soccer broadcast, everything. But first and foremost, like, uh, how does it feel to be a Hall of Famer, man? Talk to me. Uh I don't, it, I mean, I mean, you know, it's like one of those things. You, it's not like even, like I don't even think you'd ever dream of that as a kid. You know, you, you dream of like, you know, playing on, playing in college or playing in the pros or being an all-star or something. But, you know, that's like, uh, I don't know. It's beyond like the dreams you have as a kid and to, to actually kind of, to be there makes me feel like realize how much life has passed one right <laughs> which isn't like i don't know i don't know if that's like the you know the best outcome of it but it's like wow <laughs> a lot of stuff's happened here, here i am right and uh but the the positive is that you know like i i've said this a few times but you know that someone told, someone told me when i was in high school you know there's going to come a day where they don't ask you back where they say like you you know you're not good enough to play anymore in high school college pros whatever it is and this is kind of like the last stop. Like I kind of made it all the way to the end of the train, so to speak, as basketball players go. And to be recognized in that way, to to get into that group is is like it's, I don't know. It's like the weirdest thing because people have been telling me that it's going to happen for for a few years, and at the same time, it's unfathomable. So it's just one of those weird things. I'm still trying to wrap my head around. At the same time, I don't really spend much time thinking about it, but I'm. I'm very honored. Yep. There is something you have to uh, think about, though. It'll be your speech. Like, do you are you excited about getting up there and kind of talking about your career and you know talking about some of the people that influence you? Do you get nervous about giving a speech like that oh, with that the, much importance? This like, guy loves how to hear you himself. Oh, talk. Yeah. he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> I mean, I have been known to go over how much. <laughs> I, uh, I think uh, when when the Suns uh, retired my jersey, they they got a call from the league the next day saying like, you, you got to keep these half times. So like. <laughs> You know, under under 25 minutes or whatever it was. But uh, to be honest with you, the speech gives me anxiety. Like I was like, oh man, do I have to go in the Hall of Fame? Just because I was nervous about making a speech in front of like all those Hall of Famers. And I don't know, like Roger, do you do you feel? I don't know when you're around. Like, if you ever see like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, or Oscar Robertson, or something like in your career, is it always kind of like? I don't know. I always feel like uh, nervous around them. Yeah, complete reverence. <laughs> like, no, real. Seriously, like, you know. So even though it's like, you know, they probably don't even pay too much mind to it. You're still always kind of like, ah, oh, God, I gotta speak in front of these guys. I'm gonna make myself look like a complete ass. Um, <laughs> right. It's one, it's a once in a lifetime chance to like, you know, it's not like I'm gonna get a redo. So I gotta admit, I was a little anxious about that, but. I'm sure I'll have a couple cocktails and it'll come out. It'll, it'll, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll all That's be good. Hey, let me ask you, man, because like the babies, right? Like Lola and Bella, and they were so young when when we were around, like back in those Phoenix years. Do they know? Like I find my kids, like they don't know dad as a competitor. They just know dad. Does do your kids? Right. Um, you know, do they have any idea of what you were able to accomplish and who you were as a player? Like, do they ever ask you about it? Or Mateo, is he curious? Mm. Or yeah. No, no. <laughs> they, I mean, they know because people stop you on the street all the time. And so they, and then you go to like the son's ring of honor or, you know what I mean? The, they hear about the hall of fame thing, but like, I never stopped to talk to them about it. And 
they, so we never had that conversation and they've never asked, but they know just because people stop you on the street and people at school, you know, mention things or whatever, or, you know what I mean? Like socially they, they're used to it, but they don't know like more than that. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it must, I don't know. I, your boys has got to be coming because they play. Um, He's got some good. ballers, too. Yeah, really good. No, yeah, no, but I understand what you said. They live in the world of basketball a little bit more because they're in the gyms and stuff like that. My daughters still think I was good. I'm, I'm waiting for that moment when they realize how they can Google stats. They're like, oh, he wasn't any good? No, no, no. That never has to change. Just tell them the advanced analytics era, this, what your stats nowadays would mean a lot. You'd be yeah. rich. If it was, That's right. By the way, congrats today. on the, the new little one. I can hear him in the background. Yeah, apologies for that, but he's like, I think as soon as I start talking to someone else, he's like, you know, what the, can I get some attention over here? So now he's chatterboxed, but thank you, I appreciate it. He's, we're lucky he's he's an amazing little guy, happy and healthy, so we're thrilled. The the charity shield event and tournament in New York City this weekend, what's going on with that? Yeah, so my foundation's had, uh, I mean, it's no secret now that I love soccer and grew up playing soccer, but... We've had this charity soccer game and Rogers played in a couple of times, NBA players and international soccer stars. And we added another event, a charity shield, which is like a five aside tournament. So like a hundred people can sign up. They, it's, it's, you guys ever heard of like a Calcutta format? Yeah. 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 So like you, I don't know if this is a true Calcutta format, but they rank everybody in A, B, C, D or E player. And then they give every team an A, B, C, D and E. So to try to create some parody. And then tonight, um, at, um, at the gem pub, we're going to have like an auction. So if donors can come and buy a team, if your team wins, you know, you kind of like double your money, so to speak. Um, so it's a little bit of fun. Um, you know, it's cool. We got a few pros coming to play and just people basically coming, hanging out, having some, having a tournament, some food, some beers and men doing it for a good cause. So we're just, I mean, Roger knows me anytime we can put soccer, beer, good cause in the same sentence. It's a win. It's so a win, 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 bro. Hey, there's a... <laughs> it's a triple win. <laughs> At your soccer skills are like well known out there, but I didn't realize how good they were. There's the promo that's going out there because some of your uh, work you're going to do with Turner Sports and Bleacher Report um, covering soccer. There's a promo out there where you take it off the chest and you take it straight out of the air and you kick like a laser like into the goal. How many takes did that take? Um, it actually took a bunch of takes because my cousin, Ezra, who, uh, Roger knows, we were <laughs> stupid enough to have him serving the ball to me with his hand. I mean, the guy, I mean, he couldn't catch a cold, so he couldn't throw the ball anywhere near where, where, you know, we were asking him to. So we were out there rolling our eyes, like really my bad for putting him in that position. But, uh, yeah, it took us a minute. But as far as the skills, you know, I got a little something, a little something. Yeah. Yeah. You can see it. What? So. You know. Like a lot of people, I mean, the backstory in terms of like your family and athletically, um, like your dad and your brother and what, what was, you know, I got the, I have three boys now and I'm raising them trying to be in an athletic environment and and let them find their footing. What was your upbringing like in terms of sports? Like what was, was your dad a soccer first guy? Was it pretty much, Hey, whatever you like to do, like you, you, you guys got to do, what was it like? Yeah. I mean, my dad loves sports. He played professional soccer. I mean, semi-pro grew up in London, played like like really low semi-pro there. Then he went to South Africa for a couple of years. I was born there. He played professionally there, um, but he just loves sports. So he wanted us to play and try everything. He, 
he never was like, you really need to stick to soccer or whatever it was. So I grew up playing soccer with my dad in the backyard, and but he'd also take us to play tennis or golf or, you know, he, we played hockey, we played baseball. You know, he, he knew nothing about any of these sports. The only sport I didn't play growing up was basketball. Huh. But we, we grew up in an environment where it was like, you know, we were always playing, always in the backyard. My dad was always taking us to games, different sports. And um, so a complete sporting environment. My dad was a total sportsman, um, taught us a lot, you know, just about I think, the characteristics of being fair and working hard and like just, you know, being an honest pro in a sense, like not even though we were kids, he never used the word pro, but like, don't cheat, you know, don't cheat the system, work hard and, and enjoy it at the same time and play everything you can and all those things. So I definitely grew up in a great environment to, to play sports. All right. So we've gotten to know our guy Raja here for about six months. We've been working with him doing the podcast. We need some dirt. Like, cause he's a great dude. We're having some fun. He's on, I don't know if you know this, Steve, but he actually got kicked out of a high school basketball game for arguing with the officials. He had to take an anger management course to get back on the court. Like, so we know about. Ask me if I'm shocked. <laughs> Not one bit is my guess. What's your, yeah, what's yeah. your favorite Rajah Bell story? God, I should have, man, I should have. I should have thought of some dirt, you know, like this is a perfect time. Oh, this is just great. Throw him under the bus, yep. just bury him. Um, you know, the truth is I, I can't, I can't off the top of my head, you know, I, one of my best friends in my career, um, we had a blast. Our families hung out. I was there for the birth of, I think both boys. Yeah, well, both um, of them. Yep. Um, that, that were born in Phoenix. I mean, to see Dia on, I'm, I'm taking it aside car here but to see Dion and the boys on Instagram like the skills they have in basketball is like amazing to me you know to think I was there they're born you know what I mean these little tiny things and now like it's it's crazy so I mean I'm, I miss the Bell family and I miss all the times we had on the, the bus the plane in practice you know when it gets chippy and everyone's <laughs> barking at each other and all those days you know they'll always look back and think about how much fun we had and so, you know, like, I mean, as you know, like, there's nothing like at the end of your career to look back and think about the people that you got to travel around the country with and compete with and to have people like Raja, you know, oh, it was like, here goes the little guy crying. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, where did anyway, it up here? Did you, guys, did you guys ever scrap? Like, in practice? Did you ever go? No, I... You want, you want to be on Bell and Canal? He wants to be on Bell and Canal. Yeah, like, that's right. Welcome, Luca. Um, yeah, okay. Um, no, we, I, I'm smart enough to know that I, I don't really have a chance against, uh, Ra Ra, so I never really, uh, I tried to stay on his good side, but, uh, but I mean, I, you know, we, I think we had a lot of competitive practices. We were usually on the same team, but, um, man, it was just so much fun. And the, I mean, like, I always got a kick out of, I, I mean, I love competing myself, but I love the edge that, that Roger played with. And, you know, like clothesline and Kobe, I mean, absolutely ridiculous at the same time as a teammate. Beautiful. You know, like you're in this deep, you know, rivalry playoff battle. And, you know, when he, when he did it, I was like, I couldn't believe it because of what moment it was. At the same time, I was like, absolutely saw that coming. You know what I mean? I was like, uh, <laughs> so I'm like to have a teammate like that and who was always up for, you know, the physical stuff and, and to compete and to, to put his mark on, on, on a game or a series was, 
something that was so valuable to our team and something that I personally, you know, really appreciated because, you know, like at the end of the day, we're not all like that. You have teams that might have a lot of skill or athleticism, but to have a, have guys in your lineup that will stand up for your team or take a stand, um, that, that does, it does mean something. I mean, you don't necessarily always need it to, to end the way, you know, the, the clothesline in it, but at the same time, it does, I think give your team an edge and give your team an ability to, to win certain battles that aren't even physical, just mental battles. So, but I mean, I'm kind of straying here. I mean, enough, was, uh, enough, enough like about me. Some bro. of the funnest years of my career. <laughs> enough, enough about me. Let's talk about you. Let's come on. Um, <laughs> I mean, a lot of compliments for Roger right now. I kind of feel soft. I, it, so. I appreciate the, <laughs> I appreciate the locking of the lips. Like these guys come on I and know, they think I they're so going to like, I so badly wanted the, some dirt, like, but it's okay. I appreciate is? it. Um, so point guard position, Steve, um, way different than probably, you know, how you were taught to play the position. Um, you know, I'm working with high school kids now and, you know, trying to teach the game from a, from a place, you know, a pure place where, where we put stock in the things that, that we think are important. Um, uh, but the, the, the game is changing and the point guard position specifically is being played, uh, completely different. Like, what do you think your game would have looked like, uh, had you been, bred in in like today's climate of point guard play like would you would you still be a pass first guy would you have taken it upon yourself to 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 shoot the ball more like what do you where do you think your game would fit in with today's pgs yeah i mean and and i'm not i don't mean this in a pat myself on the back i just mean this in a uh like like what would it kind of look like i think it would have been a little bit more towards the way steph plays um you know, just like more aggressive to shoot the ball. Like I think if I had made a mistake in my career that I didn't shoot enough, but, and I'm interested to hear how you approach it with young PGs, but you're right. It's changed. And we know now that if you're, you know, a 40% three point shooter and 50% field goal guy, you know, you should be jacking that thing. So like it's, you know, that it's just better for your team and for the numbers analytically to shoot. Having said that, you know, there is something to be said for being a leader and, you know, being a playmaker, making your teammates feel, you know, a part of things as much as giving them easy opportunities. So I still believe that, you know, I would have been who I was. I would have definitely, you know, I just like to see other people succeed. You know, I don't know why or where that comes from, but forever since I was a little kid in hockey, soccer, whatever sport it was, I always liked to pass and like to see my teammates do well. And right. so that would have persisted, I think, but I definitely would have shot the ball more. Um, I just, it, the game has changed for sure. I think it's rightfully changed. There's probably a balance in there, but it depends on your personality. If you, if your personality is to be aggressive and score, there's nothing wrong with having a, you know, five, 10, six, four guy that's your lead guard, you know, try to get downhill and try to get free and shoot and put pressure on the defense. How do you approach it with these kids? Um, you know, it's funny. It's funny because Dia, um, is wired a lot. Like I imagine you were where he wants to see everybody else like succeed. And it, it like, People like to play with him for that reason because his inclination, the first thing he wants to do is, is get you a bucket, um, to a fault. Like, you know, right. some, and sometimes I'll have to have the conversation and I'm, te- I'm trying to teach him that, you know, your job is to do what the team needs from that position. So, you know, if it's, it's, you can make a play and then you can serve, you know, our wing or our big and you can get him a bucket and that's great. But if, if, you know, circumstances dictate, then you need to score. And so we're working on him being more aggressive now because, you know, you've got to, you've got to be able to, for instance, if, you know, I thought the beauty of your game, Steve, was like when, when people choose, they chose to play our pick and roll and suck in and take away you and, and Amari or Sean at the rim. Well, you know, we all got to eat. 
But there were, there were teams that would just dare you to try to get 40. And in that scenario, you get 40. And so like, that's the conversation I'm having with him. Like, look, you have to be able to do both. So if you come out and you set the tone and we're scoring and they're going to let you score, then we're doing that. But if they're going to take that away and it becomes a challenge and it opens something else up, then you got to be head up, ready, willing, and able to get off the ball and make everybody else a threat. So, you know, I'm trying to make them more balanced. I, I think that's the word I would use, right? Like I want to, I want them to be balanced. I yeah. want all of them to be balanced. I, I, I think that's smart. I mean, it's about being basketball players. I mean, cause not every guy is going to be, you know, a great dominant kind of player. So to have that, even the NBA to, to go, you know, sideways a little bit, to have a second side pick and roll player, a second side passer, even a three or four that can show it, you know, show a shot fake, put it on the floor and make a pass. It's so valuable. So, just for guys to be able to learn how to play at a young age. But for point guards, I do think the key is being aggressive and and putting pressure on the defense. I mean, I always tell young players that for me, I always, you know, as I evolve as a player, I try to use my passing to open up space to shoot and, and my scoring ability to open up passing lanes. So to always put the defense in that position where they, they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. And yeah. if you can walk that line where no matter what, you know, what, what each possession presents, but you're being aggressive and you're ready to take whatever that is. And, you know, I'm, that's the way I played. I just think today I probably would have looked to score a little bit more, but I wouldn't have necessarily swung all the way, but definitely would have realized there's benefits to being more aggressive, especially from three. Yeah. 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 Hey, so Mike and, and Chris Paul, right? Like, cause Chris is one of those point guards that I think is kind of a tweener in terms of generationally. Like he, I think he's scoring the ball mm-hmm. a bit more, but. I think his true heart is, is, is serving others too and getting off the ball. And then, you know, he's had his postseason like failures as, as has Mike. And, and I'm watching that Houston team and I, I know you've got an affiliation there to Golden State, but I think Houston's a real threat. So like, what do you see with Mike? Um, talk to me about, I've, I've made my case for why I loved Mike and, and, and his style on the pod before, but can you talk to us a little bit about Mike, what you saw and what you loved about him in Phoenix and then the way you've seen, you know, him grow since then? Yeah, I mean, Mike, I think Mike's a brilliant basketball coach. You know, he, yeah, we weren't a great defensive team. I think he got, he took a bad rap for that, but we didn't have great defensive players. I mean, you were a good defensive player. I physically, I played hard. I I mean, people, I think people look back and like, oh, I didn't even try or I wasn't a good defender and it kind of takes on a life of its own. I played hard. I just wasn't, that wasn't a strength for me. Right. I was, you know, I was, one, I was, probably exhausted from the burden of the other end. And two, I just wasn't strong enough or physical enough to really, you know, make people feel me at that end of the court. Um, and then you had Amari that wasn't a great defensive player. And we also played in an era where rim protectors were so valued. And so we went without a rim protector and tried to play fast. And so it was like, I thought Mike made decisions that were best for our team, but they weren't traditional decisions so the media found that it was a, it was i think an easy narrative in a sense so i think mike's brilliant i think he, he struggles sometimes being confrontational yeah. with his players and i think that he's found you know some a great he, mike knew defense i think mike just was like I, this this group is not necessarily no matter how much time we spend on it gonna you know it doesn't have the pieces to be great defensively so i think he departed from really trying to beat us over the head with that. And maybe that was a mistake, maybe not. But I think overall, he made a, a an unbelievable basketball team that had a chance to win. We were very unlucky. We were also a little bit ahead of our time. And you know, we played in an era where we weren't all the way in. We weren't hoisting tons of threes by today's standards. But 
we also were playing against teams that, you know, had Tim Duncan at the rim or the Lakers had whoever it was, Gasol, Bynum, Odom, you know, like we're talking about some really big teams in a game that was a lot slower. A year that you and Raja and Mike were close to breaking through, 2007, how much did you sell the Robert Horry hip check? And is (laughs) the ensuing sequence and suspensions the biggest what-if of your career? (laughs) I mean, there were some what-ifs for sure. Uh, I mean, some of it's just comical now. I mean, to look back and to think, you know, the game's over. We beat the Spurs. We're going back home. Uh, Everything's looking good and like this, whatever less than, I don't know, seconds left, and Robert checks me into the score and said, well, you think back, and you're like, what is going Like, that never, ever happens. And not only does it happen, but Boris and Amari take, like, two steps towards me. More, not, I don't even, I mean, maybe Amari, but I, don't, I know Boris wasn't trying to fight. Right. They, they were <laughs> seeing if I was okay, you know what I mean? And he so, might have been going to check on Tony. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> could have been over there asking him if he could have a, you know, <laughs> That bottle of red tonight or something, but uh, he—he's, you know, like it's this, and then they get suspended. We go home. We're already a small team. We're missing like our two biggest guys, and you know, we hang on, and we are leading that game the whole way until the last minute and lose. And, you know, it's just—it's like anecdotally, it's just like one of those things that happen. Overall, though, I—I I think we take responsibility. I look back at it and say, you know, I could have played better. I could have made a couple more plays, and you know, I'm sure some of the, some of our teammates could feel the same way. And, we didn't get it done. I mean, that, the the reason we love sports is because one team wins and one team loses, you know. And I I I never personally won, and so I I'm on that side of the ledger, and that's what makes sports great. We can't all win. I I got to stomach that. I got to take that with me. And that's it's tough to swallow sometimes. At the same time, it's like I know I, I know I gave it everything I had. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree, man. I never got one either. But like, you can't take away. The blood, sweat, tears, the memories, the experiences, like they're, they're there. That's what, I mean, it's a journey, right? It's life. Um, I want to switch gears though, bro. Like, uh, we've talked a lot of sports and I know you've got a ton of other interests. So, you know, talk to me about like the production company and, and other things you got yeah. going on, man. It's been a minute. We've got a six picture deal with Paramount. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I just feel like, I like, uh, you know, you know, just comes on here acting like he's whatever, but, uh, yeah, we're we're having a we're having a, a lot of fun. We're enjoying it. We're doing uh, uh, film, television, and, and really leaning a lot towards digital content, which is a lot of fun. And I think obviously everyone realizes a lot of content is going. Uh, I don't know. Do you know this performance out of Luca right now. He won't let, he won't let me put him down. He won't let me join the conversation. So, That's all good. Um, yeah, but he, so it's been a lot of fun. I guess one of the fun projects for. You know, for this call is that we we acquired the life rights to Pistol Pete Maravich from his wife Jackie, um, and we're going to try to make a we are going to make a you know a feature film about his life, so uh, a dramatic so cool. film. So that that's exciting for me as you know as a point guard and and somebody that loves to tell stories. You know, it's an incredible story looking back on Pete. It's really a father and son story. So really excited about that. But yeah, tons of stuff going on and really. You know, other than the four kids, that's where I spend most of my time. Um, so you may not know, you might not remember this, right? You had a shoe that came out. What they call it that year? It was like stitched together. Uh, oh yeah, the trash talk. The trash talk. We did a commercial for that. Do you remember my cameo in that? I do. Yeah. Okay. Did so you have a wig or did you? Yeah. Have oh, it was that? dope. Big Fu Manchu mustache, and I, I had to give like the big like evil eye. So anyway, if you remember it, just keep that in mind when it's time for the casting on the P Maravich joint. Let me get a little, a little cameo. Um. 
What yeah, else? I, you know, I, that's a good call, actually. We should get a bunch of the old guys and cameos playing against Pete or playing around. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the reality is, though, I, I cringe a little bit at sports action and sports films, so yeah. <laughs> we'll try to stay away from as much basketball as possible. Your experience with Steve Kerr um, goes way back. Uh, I know you guys spent time together, you know, just lo- away from the sport, like life, just, just, you know, surfing yeah. and, and hanging out. And, you know, I, I know it's had to be pretty cool for you to, to be a part of what's going on out there in Golden State. I've talked to you about it a little bit. Can you, can you kind of explain like in a nutshell, like what your relationship is, uh, to like, yeah. like, like Steph and, and Clay and the guards out there? Because, you know, I, I don't, I, I wonder what my career would have been like had I had somebody like, like you that was around, um, you know, to be in my ear and just sit down and have conversations with me. I, I didn't have the benefit of that. So they, it's got to be just, just so fruitful for them. Yeah. Well, thanks. I, first of all, Stevie Kerr is just a great human being. Uh, you know, very intelligent person. Um, great competitor has a great, obviously pedigree with, uh, you know, not only his, his parents and who are educators, and but, his, but playing for Phil and, and pop, um, being a champion and all those things, playing with Michael and Timmy and all the different guys that he played with. Um, but he, he just gave me a great opportunity. I mean, this is a year before I retired. He's like, when you're done, I, I want you to be a part of what we're doing. And, uh, you know, he gave me like total freedom to come when I wanted. He's like, just try to come up a few days a month. And so it's a perfect opportunity for me. I'm not ready to, to jump all the way in I and mean, maybe I'll never be, but to still be involved and, you know, to frankly, to learn as much as to have an impact. So um, it's nice to be around this organization and to try to figure out how he leads uh, the dynamics and walking through with him, like from a top level, even like core values and how that frames your your approach and your decisions. And that that was, I think, an education for me. But as far as working with the guys, you know, I I work with, you know, I mean, Steph and Claire are so good. There's not a lot, you know. Um, for, for me to do, but I, I definitely have been able to talk to them from time to time or, um, worked with Clay a little bit on the court with Steph more just, you know, I sit there and rebound as every ball goes in the hoop and then <laughs> once in a blue moon we'll talk, we'll talk about a, a, you know, a subject, um, you know, because he's, she's just kind of a savant. Um, you know, like he doesn't, I, you know, not that he's not a thinker, but he just plays and, and just has such incredible technique and, and he's, he doesn't, he's very instinctive, which is, you know, beautiful. So sometimes we'll, we'll have a talk about certain scenarios, but, uh, I mean, he's just so good. And, 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 you know, funny enough, I developed a relationship with Kevin Durant before he came to the Warriors. So when he came, it was more of a natural fit for us to work together. And, um, so I, I when I'm up there, I really train Kevin, um, but I'm there as a resource and I'll work with Pat McCarr once in a while with, with Clay. And like I said, I just watch Steph's balls go through the basket and chuck them back out to him. And, uh, but it's a great environment, and Stevie Kerr, obviously, the, the hardest thing is that he's gone through a really tough, tough time physically for the last two and a half years, yeah. whatever it's been, uh, where he's still not better. And, and so every day he's kind of fighting something that, you know, in, in a sense, we've all forgotten about, but he still has to live with it. And he once described it as having like a terrible hangover all the time. And that's, it's got, I mean, we forget, you know, we forget every day that that's what he's living with, and, and that's... It's no fun. Yeah, that's brutal. Um, you, you, so Kevin Durant, like well, the last time I saw KD, uh, one of our throwbacks from Dallas was working with him a lot. Adam Harrington. Is he still? Is he still out mm-hmm. there working with KD? Yeah. So Adam's a Adam is an assistant coach and player development director, I believe, for the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. Um, he, he 
he worked with Kevin, and that's how I met Kevin. He wanted me to work with him. Right. Uh, so that was four years ago, five years ago. Now I can't remember, but and uh, and then Adam worked for a year for OKC and left. But him and Kevin are still tight. But that's how Ke- Kevin and I became on uh, contact and we stayed friends and, and basically it's just like a natural fit to work through we kind of adam you know a lot of things he he taught he learned from like dirk's coach who i, who I learned a lot from or <clears throat> things that i might have done in my career so there's a there's a common thread in there and so we've just continued it and just tried to work with him and um and help him a little bit i mean he's such an incredible player but there's there's still upside to him and uh it's incredible you know, it's, it's amazing to watch him when he's at his best like last year in the finals that i think he is as good as there is in the world i mean he's as good as lebron at that level but you know the rest of the year he has his ups and downs at times um but he is still like on his worst day is a, is a top five nba player you know um but at his best he's the best player out there so it's been fun to work with him and it's been fun to kind of <clears throat> see what ways that he can improve and and uh you know he loves the game so it's always fun to work with people that love the game last question before we let you go we're going to do some superlatives in a second but i want to let you go because i know luca's ready for daddy to be daddy but dirk i gotta talk about him because you know i got a brief moment there with you guys uh in dallas and you know i always i always when i talk about you i always talk about the work that you put in and like i try to explain it to my kids and anyone who'll listen about like the tireless like type of work that you put in with Rick and, 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 you know, like I was a gym guy, but I could never be in the gym more than you. And Dirk was that kind of guy. So like, I guess I watch Dirk now and it looks really painful. Um, just be- yeah. because I know what I feel like getting up in the morning. How long do you imagine like Dirk does it? Have you had any conversations with him about that? Or yeah, I, I think that show will be his last. Uh. Um, you know, I haven't really necessarily, we had a, a brief chat about it. If I had to read between the tea leaves and from what he said, I'd say next year would be his last for sure. And, and I, and I would say that, uh, you know, that, that, I guess he's, he's announced he's coming back. So I, I believe, so I think that was probably even a tough decision, but you know, again, when it comes to the end, when it's gone, it's gone. So why not, you know, why not even take a victory lap and, and experience it all? So, um, but you know, I mean, I got a chance to play with him and obviously for six years and, tireless worker loves basketball i mean really really loves basketball and so he deserves everything that's come his way you know he's put himself in the conversations one of the best players to ever play the game he's a great closer a champion an all-star like twelve thousand times and you know he deserves it because he really came came to the united states uh and was super green and intimidated and you know I, for me the the number one predictor of success uh, you know is resilience toughness grit and you know he came here and he wondered if he'd have that because he was intimidated and and uh he was you know he did look out of out of sorts and so to have the, the grit and toughness to keep going and keep learning keep pushing and never take his foot off the gas and then to become like a closer where you're carrying a franchise to championships or to a championship i mean that's the ultimate kind of uh success story so hats off for sure so steve we do this next part of the show it's called superlatives we do this with every guest this is where we like to have a little bit of fun and we can run through these pretty quickly so first up what year did you have your best hair oh my god <laughs> i mean i don't know i don't know that i had a good year to be honest i, I felt that i look at the shape of my two boys heads and i just shake my head i mean these guys are in for a rough, rough go at the barber, but I, I had some, uh, I had some, I had some, uh, had multiple redos. I never really took them, took, took them seriously. I should have. My best hair, I mean, maybe the mullet, 
<laughs> and there was a time there that was pretty mullet-ish. I'd say that's it's, it's unique. Right. Let's put it that. It's unique. All right. Um, let's see. Let me pick one. All right. What? Who? Which teammate was the best high five receiver of your career? Well, I maybe overdid it with the high five. So, um, best high five receiver. I got a good question. Um, Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Yeah, okay, what's so funny? I got you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, was it, wait, 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 all right, look, I'll, for, forget this probably. Was it true that Kobe would come out like, like, did he get massages the whole time during shoot around? Like, when you were there, was it, was there any truth to like, he was so like in tune with his body that he had it down to us to like, this is what he did every morning. He got a massage during shoot around. He'd come out, he'd listen for a few minutes. Like, what was it like playing with him? All right, scrap the question. That was a dumb question. <laughs> what was it like playing with him? Seriously, because, uh, like, I, I mean, was... It, it was... Yeah. Go ahead, go. What, what were you going to say? I want to hear what you were going to say. I, I always kind of regret, like, I had a chance to go there late. Like, it was for the minimum, and I, I just... I, I, I didn't want to play for the minimum at that point. But the point was, I would have liked to have seen how he worked. And, like, what what day, day-to-day life was like with Kobe. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... I'm not really sure what like how the rest of his career was right he, he had, later in your career you spend so much time working on your body um it, you know he he may have been in the training room getting massages during during walkthroughs and shoot arounds um and but you know as i think jay-z said there's levels to this shit yeah. so i <laughs> you know yeah 100 yeah definitely did 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 what he had to do and um, you know, I didn't see him work on the court as much as, as I would have expected, but he definitely, you know, was got his treatment, you know, was very thorough with his body and, and trying to, you know, be prepared to play. So, um, uh, you know, I, it's a weird one, right? Like you, to see someone at year, whatever it was, 16, 17, 18, it's probably going to be a lot different from seeing them at one, yeah. seven, 14 even. So, um, but you know, he, you know, he's, a, he's, uh, such a demonstrative um personality um you know he's like the alpha of alphas and and that's what he's that's what i saw yep no doubt random oh, question was that was that, was that was that bland enough yeah 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 you like, skirted around that nice twitter page well done I, I got like right you know picked up by everyone in the country <laughs> uh random question do you pay attention to like how much your name is dropped in rap lyrics uh i, I mean i'm aware i don't uh, like which one do you prefer, Migos, really Peekaboo, or Gucci Mane? Hold that thought. You gotta tell them the. Do you know the lyric? Do you know that this? <laughs> I don't know if I should say that. You know, I'm a, I'm a bit of I'm a bit. If you haven't noticed, I'm a bit of an old head. So I didn't I didn't I'm not that. Did you say Migos? Migos, Migos. Yeah. Peekaboo, <laughs> who says they calling me Samari the way I chop the top. Steve Nash, I pass the rock. Or Gucci Mane, and hold that thought says, see my vet pass like a Steve Nash pass. Stay loyal like the fans of Utah Jazz. <laughs> I had to read I, I, those I'm, like so I, clearly. Bro, go with Nelly, bro. Go with Nelly. <laughs> go with Nelly, bro. I mean, I, I, honestly, it's it's uh, it's like I like it. It's cool because you know when I grew growing up on the west coast of Canada, did not think I would creep into the lyrics of a single rapper. So um, it's cool, and and I appreciate the love or. Or I appreciate having a, and a last name that rhymes with cash. I no. feel like the answer is Gucci, cash. by the way. You should just 
go forth. But All right. I'll give you it. Last one, bro. Life, right. depe- life like dependent it. on it. Former teammate to win a game of horse. Who are you taking? Raja. <laughs> yeah, right. I, 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 I think I'd have to go with Dirk. Yeah. 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 That, I mean, that, that, that thing's pretty, that thing's, I would say that thing's, uh, that, you know, no, that meets all SEC regulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Look, we're not going to take any more of your time, man. I hear, you know, Luca's been more than, more than accommodating. Dude, we appreciate <laughs> you taking the time. Uh, hope the event's great, uh, this weekend and, uh, love to the family. Thanks for coming on, bro. We got to do it again you. soon sometime. Uh, Steve Nash. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Can I just say I miss my guy, Belly? Yeah, buddy. Hey, but I didn't get a, come on. Can what? I get a, can I get a West Coast trip out of you once a decade? I owe you one. I owe you like five of them. Yeah, it's happening. This summer we're coming out. Yeah, nah, you got some spare beds? We need to come out. You got some spare bedrooms? Well. You guys got to come to the crib. We build a house. We need all the bells. Oh, Cindy okay. Greenman. Everybody come to the house. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bro. Come to the house. Done. Chop it up. We'll barbecue. Let's do it. Do it. All right, brother. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.